Hello, and thanks for joining us on this Thursday, February 21st, 2019, six minutes past the hour. I'm Tom Temin. Our producers are Lauren Larson and Eric White. Our digital editor is Amelia Brust. Coming up in this hour of the Federal Drive, cyber threat information sharing goes back to at least 9-11. So how good is the government at it by now? Plus, this Los Alamos senior scientist has learned a lot about the Earth by observing other planets very far away. Those stories and much more ahead during this hour of the Federal Drive. But first, it might not be enough to call it a tsunami, but 2018 saw a spike in federal retirements for the first time in five years. Nearly 12,000 more federal employees filed for retirement in 2018 than they did the previous year. That's a half a good-sized agency. The last time retirements reached a comparable peak was 2013, a tumultuous year for the federal workforce. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco joins me now to discuss retirement numbers and a few other workforce stories she's been covering the past week. And first of all, Nicole, walk us through those retirement numbers. That is something. After five years, maybe this is the wave. It could be. There were a total of a little over 107,000 federal retirements back in 2018 And the 2013 statistic that you cited earlier, Tom, there were 114,000 retirements in in 2013. So still 2013 is is beating the uh, federal retirement numbers by far. And we should mention, you know, that was the year of sequestration, the, you know, incremental furloughs throughout the year. And then, of course, the 16-day government shutdown. So there was a lot going on that year. Yeah, so now we have had a 35-day shutdown, and it's still only February. So if people decide the end of the year is the time to retire, too early to tell what this year will really bring. It's definitely too early to tell. And even if we look at just this most recent month, January, for retirement, so January 2019, there were 13,294 retirements. That's actually not that high. January is typically one of the more popular months to retire, but that's actually lower than the t- January 2018 and January 2017. But I spoke with Tammy Flanagan, uh, who you've had often on the show, Tom, and, and she mentioned she thinks February is really when we're going to see perhaps some of the impact of the government shutdown. And she said simply because agencies didn't have their HR offices around during the shutdown. They couldn't actually process your paperwork. So even if you indicated that you wanted to retire at some point during the shutdown, before the shutdown began, your HR office couldn't send the final paperwork to OPM to be processed. And so she believes there's some sort of backlog that OPM just hasn't gotten to yet. It's almost like you died and there's no one to dig your grave when right. it comes to a retirement. Kind of a macabre reference. All right, let's switch gears for a moment. Talk about the Merit Systems Protection Board. This is another source of turmoil because there is no board, essentially. What's going on there? And, and there's only a week left before everything runs out? There is only a week left before the fate of the Merit Systems Protection Board, I think, is really decided here. And just to recap, so this past week, the Senate Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs Committee, they voted out two of the three of the president's nominees. The third nominee, he actually withdrew his name. That was Andrew Montz, who uh, had a tough time getting through the committee the first time. He actually didn't get voted out of committee back in 2018. So he withdrew. Now, you might think, okay, two nominees out of the committee, that's great. Well, it is, but... Committee Chairman Ron Johnson said he wouldn't move those two nominees to the Senate floor for a vote 
until the White House named a third person. And like you mentioned, there is a week left to get all of this done. So the holdover term for acting MSPB Chairman Mark Robbins, that expires on February 28th. I talked to Chairman Robbins after the committee's hearing, and, you know, he expressed really nothing but confidence that the administration understood what the timeline was and understood the need to nominate somebody soon. And he really just, you know, completely denied the sentiment that is actually out there in the federal employment law community right now, that the administration is trying to do this on purpose and purposefully leave the board without any members so that, you know, federal employees don't have that as an appeals option. But at the same time, I mean, this is really a tricky situation. I mean, how could he possibly be so confident? You know, on one hand, the White House, if they name a third nominee, that person needs to go through a background check. They need to go through FBI clearance. That could take a long time. If it's uh, someone that has been a political appointee recently, is one right now perhaps, who's been through this process recently, well, maybe that could take, you know, a short amount of time. But if this is someone that the committee doesn't know, that the community doesn't know, that hasn't been in government for a, a couple of years, this could take I think, longer than a week. And that's the concern at this point. I wonder if they could reach out and maybe find some good chief human capital officer somewhere that could that knows enough about federal employment that could move in there. Perhaps. But at the same time, I mean, there's no real requirement that you I mean, to your point, there's no real requirement that you be a lawyer to have this job. But at the same time, federal employment law is really complicated. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco, and you're reporting there are two other bills floating out there, one from the Senate that would extend Robbins by another year. Yeah, so the scenario that we're in right now is whether or not, one, the White House can name a third nominee and get it to the committee and have the committee move out that nominee and put all three nominees on the Senate floor for a vote before Thursday, February 28th, or if there's another option which these bills address So the Senate has suggested, although the committee didn't vote on this bill, that they would extend Robbins's term for another year. There's another bill out there from Congressman Jerry Connolly in the House that would extend Robbins' term for another year, but it prohibits him from actually having another position, which he currently does. He is currently OPM's general counsel. And so that bill would uh, nix that idea pretty quickly. Well, he's a man that has a high tolerance for difficult technicalities, let's put it that way. And also you're reporting about Veterans Affairs. The Veterans Benefits Administration has been in celebratory mode the past few days. New appeals modernization process. What are you hearing? Well, this has been going on a long time. It's really been three years in the making, and it all started when VA brought together a group of uh, congressional staffers as well as veteran service organizations to talk about, look, this process is just too long. It's too complicated. So now veterans officially have three options. There's a higher level re- review lane, and that option gives them an experienced adjudicator who will take a fresh look at your case, and that will come from a decision review center in either Seattle or St. Petersburg, Florida, Or you could go the supplemental claim route, which is you can actually add additional evidence to support your appeal. And the goal is to process these two within 125 days. The third option is going to the Board of Veterans' Appeals. Now, I think the general theme that I've been hearing from VA is that it's really practice people and new technology that made VA ready to go on time. Uh, Dave McClenican is the director of the Appeals Management Office at the Veterans Benefits Administration. This is a great example of government working well. Let me explain what I mean by that. It was 
almost three years ago that we were in a room with all of our stakeholders trying to come to an agreement that we had a problem and then figure out how to fix it. And it took only three years to get from that point to getting legislation, implementing it, and having it go live, which was, in my view, an extraordinary thing to have happen in my career. This is a great accomplishment for, for VA, and I want to make sure you understand that. That's Dave McLennigan. He's the director of VBA's Appeals Management Office. And as far as the practice goes, they had a year-long pilot people. They hired 605 new people. And technology, they use the digital service to help build a new case management system. And it's called Caseflow. It is called Caseflow, and I think we'll be hearing from them shortly about how they did that. Sounds like beer. Federal News Network's (laughs) Nicola Grisco, thanks so much. Thanks, Tom. Be sure to check out her ongoing coverage of all these stories at federalnewsnetwork.com.